I've just about had enough of you. I'm more than machine. A man made out of tears. I am at your disposal with 187 other languages along with their various dialects and Hello and welcome to another episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots uh, with Matt and Stephen Murray. Hello, Stephen Murray. Hello, Matt Brown. How, on a scale of one to ten, one being rubbish, ten being amazing, how are you feeling today? I'm about five because my head's done in. Why is your head done in? Just manga. (laughs) (laughs) You've over-mangered this week. I've over-mangered. Well, and the reason for that is because... On this podcast, we are trawling through all of cinema and all of television across the whole of the wide world, and we're plucking out all the films that have got robots in. We're having a good old look at the robot and seeing if we like the cut of its jib, and we have uh, stopped at the manga station because we are looking today at Astro Boy and Eight Man, uh, two Japanese cartoon series from 1963 that both feature robots as main characters yes so you said you wanted to kind of like do some clearing up before we started outside of japan and england anime refers specifically to animation produced in japan and manga is comics and graphic novels now both astro boy and eight man both came out of manga comics that predate them into the uh, the late 50s. So anime, everybody always thinks of it as this particular kind of style. It isn't. It's any animation that comes out of Japan, but later on it begins to develop. It has its own style. So, so manga presumably came before anime. Yeah, or well, manga goes back to the 16th century. So when did anime start? So 1945, the first anime full feature-length movie came out, which was called Mamotaro's Divine Sea Warriors. Now, that was the first full-length feature. Prior to that, there were some shorts that were animated, uh, but a particular kind of style came out of that. Then then we were specifically looking at TV. So in 1961, there was a TV show called Manga Calendar. And it was the first animated TV series. It featured different kind of history stories each week, but it was it was not episodic like we're going to look at. So the very first animated series that had consistent characters and ongoing plot was Astro Boy in 1963. And then later on that year, there was um, Eight Man or Eighth Man. Or Tobor the Eighth Man. Or Tobor the Eighth Man. Okay, so but we're going to look at both of those series today. Yeah. That's what we do. So let's start with Astro Boy, shall okay. we? Okay. It was created by Osamu Tsuka in 1952. Mm-hmm. Now, he is considered to be the Walt Disney of anime or the father of anime. And he would go on to direct Astro Boy uh, in the TV series. So he created that as, as, a, as a manga. Okay. So Astro Boy, uh, as you say, it, it aired, first of all, in 1963. Um, <laughs> on, the, on the Wikipedia page, it rather beautifully says it, it's premiered on New Year's Day, 1963, open brackets, a Tuesday, close brackets. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we know the day of the week. Nice and specific. Very specific. Uh, it ran for four seasons, a total of 193 episodes, but we are going to focus on the very first episode, uh, which has the name 
who is Astro Boy? And it is a it's kind of like gives you the the backstory, gets you up to speed with with how Astro Boy came to be in existence. I was thinking as I was watching this that they wouldn't this would never happen today, would it? You'd just get right into the episode, uh, into the series, and no one would care how Astro Boy became Astro Boy. You get origin stories now. I think yeah, I you get origin so. stories after the event, don't you? I suppose As a so. kind, when you've got a franchise, you've got the characters; they all play out, and if it's successful, then you have origin stories. Yeah, I guess there's like, I mean, like Spider Man, who we'll come to in a little bit as well. There's a there's a connection between Spider Man and Astro Boy. Um, very tenuous, <laughs> but, but I mean, they're obsessed with Spider Man's uh, backstory, aren't they? Because every yeah, yeah, single yeah. flipping time they make a new Sp- Spider Man film. They're essentially remaking the the Spider-Man film. I used to wonder about this. I used to think that something that 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 in in our culture, anything that could be um, reinterpreted over and over again so quickly needed to be quite old, like Shakespeare. Mm. And the ultimate in Shakespeare is the Klingon version of of of, um, Macbeth. Right, (laughs) and uh, I love that. Yeah, I know. But but then the superhero movies came along, and they just began to churn them out. The whole how many Hulk films were there to begin yeah, with? I know, but Spider Man is I think is strange because you've got the reboot, which was done by um, Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire, and the first of those films essentially shows Spider Man's origin story, yeah. how he first gets bitten, yeah. the death of his uncle. With great power comes great responsibility. All of that sort of stuff. Then a few years later, they were they kind of rebooted them again, but this time with Andrew Garfield in the yeah. uh, title role, and they made that first film again. It yeah. was this, it's the same. They had to get in all of the how he got bitten by a spider, the death of his uncle, and how he how he dealt with all of that again. So it, it's funny to me that that they're so obsessed with uh, the origin of him. And I suppose you're right that other characters are like that as well, aren't they? Batman, they're obsessed with the with the origin of Batman, the psychology of it, yeah. psychoanalyzing it. Maybe it's because we're now in in nineteen sixty three. We're 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 sort of in the psychoanalysis age. Yeah, a psychoanalysis is 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 a big thing. These animations are referred to as uh, shonen animations because they're aimed at a specific demographic. They're aimed at um, anybody who's preteens, so thirteen and under. Yeah. I mean, right from the beginning, I was slightly irritated by Astro Boy. <laughs> the, He's the, cute. The opening titles just, I thought were, I mean, they're absolutely bonkers. But um, but the, the song Go Go Astro Boy oh, was yeah. just, I mean, it just grated very quickly. Astro Boy, there you go. But it also, I thought, had a it had a really strange like lyric in it. It says, "Astro Boy, there you go. Will you fight friends or foe?" You think surely he's not going to be fighting his friends, is he? Oh, right. This is quite interesting because he's quite complicated. He is one of the only um, kind of superheroes that is nuanced, and even his villains, he pairs up with them and they become friends. And then they fall out again and they become villains again. Even his greatest, greatest villain, which is Pluto, develops um, 
a fondness for Astro Boy and sacrifices himself in the end to save not just Astro Boy, but the world. And he's the greatest, greatest robot that was ever created. So there is a wonderful nuance with Astro Boy. I mean, you don't get any of that really in the first episode, do you? The, the fighting or the, that friends becoming foes and foes becoming friends thing. Uh, no, you don't. Because it kind of follows along the lines of a kind of a Pinocchio story, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. His father is weird. Very weird. But before we come to that weird thing, can we say that he seems to be fighting the Ku Klux Klan in the oh, opening title <laughs> the sequence? The title sequence. <laughs> yeah. That's really weird, isn't it? Very strange. I mean, the, the, the theme tune is irritating and the, the titles are weird and odd. But then the action starts and we find that we're in the year 2013, which I thought was great because... <laughs> It was, uh, you know, I remember 2013. Did it look like that? No, it didn't <laughs> look like that. Um, we get a really lovely um, sort of like vision of the future. What 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 the 1960s uh, animators would have thought thought, you know, what 50 years hence would have looked Tokyo. like. Tokyo. Yeah, and it's and they basically like settle on showing how different things are by showing a um, this sort of like road that is the greatest road in the world. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest highway, the safest road there has ever been. Um, as we, we join not Astro Boy, but, but the, the sort of like the, the person that will inspire Astro Boy, whose name is Aster. <laughs> Aster, Aster is his first name, which you'll observe is an anagram, a very poor anagram of Astro. Uh, Aster Boynton is his name which is, uh, I mean, that's just so lazy, isn't it? Yeah. But this is the westernised version. Is Astro Boy then different? Is the Japanese version of this completely different? Yeah, it is. It, it, it's when we're going to get, we're going to eventually get round to the father and the relationship between the father and Astro Boy. It is slightly different and is more convincing in the Japanese version. Okay. It's more subtle. Okay, because this, I'd say that Astro Boy is devoid of subtlety yeah. at all, the, or the version that, that I saw. This, it this gets American subtler version. as it goes on. Okay. So Astor Boynton is driving through on the safest road in the world, zipping zipping around, um, and as you might imagine, he has a car crash. <laughs> and dies. <laughs> and dies in a car crash. Which, as you say, now this is we're aiming for preteens here. So that is like that is ballsy content for oh, it's dark. I'd say, yeah. So that you've got a dead Aster Boynton. His father, though, is a scientist, and so uh, we've seen it before with scientist yes. fathers. It's this is very reminiscent of the Colossus of New York um, and the storyline there. He does what every grieving father does, and he turns his dead son into a robot. He scoops him up, pops yeah. him in the car, takes him to his laboratory. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting was that he doesn't use science to try and revive his son. No. His son is dead and he ha and he builds a robot that he will pour his love in. So it, so it, in in a sense it's still incredibly sad. <laughs> still incredibly sad. Don't you think? 
No, I do think it's really, really sad. And there, there is some moments with the father where he is he's, he's crying and then he, he he gets angry at the death of his son and suddenly it's right, I'm going to use this company that I'm, I'm working for and we're going mm. to create the greatest robot. Yeah, he's and like a powerful, powerful he? robot. Yes, no, very powerful. Essentially, essentially Astro is, is an AI because he's built as an independent robot with a, a full electronic brain. Yeah. And he can make decisions. And the yeah. decisions that Astro Boy makes are quite interesting. It was at this point that I first thought about Pinocchio. It also really reminded me of the Guillaume del Toro's Pinocchio. He, he's changed the story a little bit at the beginning because his son is killed in a bombing raid. An air raid. Yeah. That's it. And um, he kind of like builds a surrogate son out of a tree that he buries his real son underneath. So it sort of felt quite reminiscent of that. That's obviously not canon Pinocchio story, is it? That's just a sort of real. You know, I've never read the original. I remember having the book as a child and absolutely being terrified at the illustrations. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that it's very different from the Pinocchio, the Disney Pinocchio. Oh, every, yeah, I think everything um, would be. But I think that's probably a good thing because the the story is quite rambling. I think the original story it was. It, yeah, it I think is. it was yeah, written yeah. as a serial. It was you know it wasn't written as a book to begin with. It was a magazine serialization. Ah, okay. And so it's like you know you get like a cliffhanger that then is resolved, but then there's another cliffhanger. You know, so it's, actually, yeah, it's quite you can see that in the structure of the film now. Yeah. So yeah. So so in this, I suppose in like Pinocchio, it, this story is like technology can perform miracles. I suppose can't it? Yeah. Because he's going to build this this incredible robot. By the way, I thought the dad looked quite like a cockerel. <laughs> I wondered when the beard and the hair would come into it. He's got a very proud cock, coxcomb, isn't he? As hasn't a, as he a hairdo. just? Yes, and one has. of those funny beardy, cockerelly beardy things. A wattle. I just put down as well here at this point, this backstory seems wholly unnecessary. I was just thinking to myself, I think I'd much rather watch a cartoon where Astro Boy was doing things rather than a grieving father. It's rebuilding, re- you know, it's like well, the, the building bit a surrogate he, son. The bit where he throws him out is, is awful because he, <laughs> in the terrible, English version, he throws him out because he's not growing. I mean, so weird. what do you want? It's uh, so and weird. in the Japanese version, he, he, he throws him out because he's not living up to what his son was like. So again, in the Japanese version, it's a lot more subtle. His dad basically like wants to teach him everything in the world. He's not only like a powerful robot; he wants to make him like a really smart robot as well. But after a hundred thousand year... horsepower, that's right. So keep talking about a hundred thousand horsepower. But a year passes, and as you said, his dad gets incredibly cross because he hasn't grown anything, hasn't grown at all. Which again seems like to fundamentally like misunderstand biology doesn't it oddly enough it reminded me of interview of the vampire you know where lestat and Mm. his partner decide they wanted a child so they it's kirsten dunst who they bite and create into a vampire but she can't grow up from that point yeah and she gets incredibly frustrated she cuts her curls off and they just grow back and she wants to be she wants to be grown up an adult and she's incredibly frustrated The, the dad basically like is so angry with astro boy and again, I can't help emphasize this enough that this is for preteens. This yeah. this cartoon, he throws him out. In fact, worse than that, he puts him up for sale. He sells him, and oh, wow. Astro Boy is pleading, pleading with his father to to, to, to you know to he does to sells to not sell him. him. 
he doesn't know what's going on, doesn't know what's happened, but his father is adamant and it ends up selling him to the circus. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's monstrous. His father is, is, is absolutely monstrous, I thought, in this. Uh, and, and then that's it. You never see his father again. No. I yep, thought there might gone. be a resolution to this where, yeah. he, you know, because there's obviously like, again, I know that I'm perhaps putting more thought into this than is necessary, but you sort of think he's a grieving father. He's acting, he's acting out of grief. And maybe that one day that would heal a little bit and he would come to regret his actions, but that never seems to happen. So Astro Boy's dad sells him to the circus and it's a mechanical circus. Yeah. But some of the, of the robots in the mechanical circus are basically not powered and are left to rot. Yeah, they're in a corner and they're not they're not powered up. It's a bit like when your iPhone after a year or two and the battery's not charging up properly. Yeah. But Astro can charge them up, can't he? So there's a scene where there's a there's a little a tiny little boy robot. Think of the cutest little boy robot you can. Who's basically says, "Astro boy, we we're all forgotten in the corner." We haven't got any power. And Astro Boy says, I've got power. And he pulls, he opens up his tummy and pulls, <laughs> pulls out a cable. And then I've written, he uses the power cable to give the other robots some of his juice. And by, he puts the cable up the little lad's bum. And he does. It's, that's described as well. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what he does. That's it? exactly what he does. And, and in got... a later part of the franchise, the Astro Boy can shoot things out of his bum as well. <laughs> I mean, it's just I'm so it's so pure, but you've got this this scene where the <laughs> tiny little boy robot is on all fours as Astro Boy pulls down his pants and, <laughs> and like and and pushes the his 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 cable. And then uh, the top of the... his head whizzes off and spins around. <laughs> and the, doesn't the boy say something like, oh, that tickles? Or... <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, I have an idea. We can share my power. I'll just connect my power cord to your socket and oh, where is it? On my hip. <gasps> I'm ticklish. And at this point, what did you say the name of the, of the mentor oh, was? Oh, great. Thank you. Dr. Pachydermus J. Elephant. So Pachydermis J. Elephant, it, he 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 is now the he is, has taken over the the role in the company of of Astro Boy's dad. He's he? head of the Ministry of Science. That's right, and he and, wants to save robots from being used like slaves. That's right. So suddenly, almost out of nowhere, there's this storyline which is re- again reminiscent of films we've seen like Bicentennial Man. I mean, it's very Asimov, isn't it? This and this AI whole, as well. Yeah. There's the, the the whole discarded robots in AI, yeah. which is very disturbing. Yeah, this storyline appears, which is essentially that robots want to be free from the, the sort of servitude and the slavery and, and being treated like second class citizens. Um, and there's some, there's, there's some, there's some, there's some humans who are up for this, for the, for, you know, who want them to have equality. And there are some who don't, who want to maintain the status quo. And one of those people is the person who runs the circus, um, who, despite the fact that Astro Boy and the rest of the robots save his life because there's a massive explosion in the circus and everything is set on fire and he's almost killed, but Astro Boy saves him. He, um, wants to keep all of the the robots in servitude in his circus but he can't because whilst he was unconscious in the hospital 
uh, a robot bill of rights has been established. Hooray! Huzzah! And there, there ends the first episode of Astro Boy. <laughs> yes, and he is established with his with his asymmetric hairdo. Yes, and his his power, his his juice cable. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of uh, of Astro Boy? I liked it. I've always kind of had a fond fondness for Astro Boy. The look of Astro Boy, I think he looks great. Yeah, he's iconic, isn't he? He is very iconic. I, he, when the manga cartoons came out and they were published in newspapers as well in 1952, it was a massive instant hit. It was huge, yeah. uh, and it was inevitable that was it was going to become a TV series. Now, the the effect of the TV series in America was was massive as well because in America you had the Flintstones in 1960 and the Jetsons in 62, and you had a bit of a revolution to go from cinema and the golden age of animation onto TV because mm. it was a different type of animation because you had 25 to 20 minutes to 25 minutes to fill, yeah. which is why we get repeated backgrounds. Were These... they all were they all black and white as well? I mean, presumably they were drawn in They colour. started out as black and white, and then they went into colour. And this is one of the demises of Astro Boy in America, is because they were running them, and I think there was about 150 episodes. But as the run was going, people were losing interest in them because America was going over to colour TV. Right. And Astro Boy wouldn't go, go into colour until the 80s when so it, was, it, was it was rebooted. It was drawn in black and white, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was all drawn in black okay. and white. So let's move on to, to the next... Can we just do a quick oh, yeah, sorry. rundown of the, yes. the franchise? So yes, yes. Uh, 63 original TV series, 1980 Astro Boy TV reboot, 2003 another TV reboot, two, uh, 2009 a CGI film, went into games... Uh, there was a TV, uh, a kind of a educational TV series with Astro Boy as well. Um, so huge, really. And yeah. spanning from 1963 yeah. right, right up until now. That's amazing. Okay, so let's move on to the next series, which, uh, as you say, is called Different Things. Uh, Eight Man, uh, Eighth Man, or the version I saw, which I, which was definitely the American version, was called Tobor the Eighth Man. Um, and, and in it, and in the, the, the cartoon, he's referred to as Tobor. They even say, we will call you Tobor. It's robot backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's very literal. And also, I mean, the names, the names that they've come up with for the, the American version are so lazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a person in it called Professor Genius. Chief... <laughs> Chief Fumble Thumbs <laughs> and his sweetheart in the original Japanese in this one is called Jenny Heartsweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just nominative determinism, isn't it? Isn't it just? <laughs> okay, so uh, in the title sequence for uh, Tobor the Eighth Man, Eight Man, um, you see him defeating Kaiju, which I thought that was quite cool. The Chewitz dinosaur again. Yeah. And again, you see the in the first episode, we're, we're dealing with the backstory. Yeah, the origin story. Yeah. Going back to the title sequence, that yeah. was animated in the US by Translux. Okay. Which is why it appears far superior to the content. Okay. This, the sort of story starts with a, a shootout in Metropolitan City. Special Agent Brady who is part of the Metro International Crime Prevention Headquarters, is, is in, a, in a sort of gun battle with some 
some gangsters. I thought yeah. this. I thought it looked like South Park had animated this. <laughs> it was pretty poorly animated, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's got it's got lots of weird. There's lots of weird design on some of the uh, criminals. Saucer Lip. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, he's called Saucer Lip. He's got a work. massive protruding bottom jaw that looks like a saucer. Right. Yeah, I couldn't work out what his name was. But the criminals kill Special Agent Brady, so it's very similar to Astro Boy. They run him over, and uh, it just so happens that Professor Genius... Oh, he uh, just wanders around in his car looking for human roadkill. Exactly. <laughs> he, just... he picks him up off the floor. <laughs> With his creepy inner monologue. Saying he wants to give... His sort of dream is to give a robot human emotions and attributes. Again, very Colossus of New York, I thought. Yeah, but constantly referring to his young dead body. Yeah. He's too young to die. And <laughs> So I've turned him into a robot. <laughs> That's, it is preposterous. He just happens to be driving by and there he is. Yeah. A dead, beautiful boy that I can bring back to life. <laughs> It is exactly like that. Huh. Um, and so he then he turns Brady into Tobor. He takes out, or he take, but he basically like, you see him, there. Are, there's two like tables in his laboratory. One that's got the body of, the, the dead body of Brady. One that's got the body of the robot. And he basically takes all of the, the, the essence out of, um, out of Brady and then puts it into the... <laughs> <laughs> puts it into the robot. Eight man. Um, we should call it eight, eight man, man because eight there man. was previous seven that are not explained. Ah, right, okay. So there were seven attempts previously. Uh and then eight man he manages it. So 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 um eight man wakes up still thinking that he's Brady and Professor Genius then has to explain what's gone on and Eight Man is not happy about this. He says, without asking, you put me into a body entirely different than my own. Uh, and he wants, he basically wants Professor Genius to reverse what's happened. He into his rotting corpse. Yeah, his beautiful. His young. beautiful rotting corpse. <laughs> <laughs> but then Professor Genius kind of explains to him what he can do, his powers. And so he's 10,000 times stronger than any any other human. He can fly. He's got sonar hearing. Uh, he's got a super brain. It's it, Professor Genius says he can fly faster than the speed of light as well, which I thought was interesting. Uh, you can see in the dark and can change his, his appearance in, into any, anything. He can morph into anything. Yeah. And so yes. Professor Genius gets him to catch a bat by uh you know flying around and using his sonar and then he he changed into anyone and this was a bit weird because he 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 can be he can look like a human and he can also kind of look like a power ranger yeah but the human that he chooses to look like is essentially a bit like special agent brady <laughs> which at one point freaks out um sergeant fumble thumbs yes yes it does um, but one, the thing that that I thought was was interesting here was that Professor Genius tells him tells Eight Man about all the things he can do, and then he says the line, "With great power comes great responsibility." Yes. And I was looking up that that Spider Man first appeared in 1962, 
ah. in fantasy issue 15 and and that phrase was used there in that the first um comic as well it felt feels like they probably would have seen that in the spider-man comics maybe could have done yeah seems very well, strange no, it, that right they, they could have seen it in the manga it was a manga before it was an anime so actually spider-man might have might be the the thief yes okay fair enough so he's he's got all these powers and professor genius tells him he has to, to use them for good he has to use them to to help fight crime and he's well up for this his old uh, eight man because brady was such a great cop uh, he's got to keep his identity secret and in the next sort of little bit of the story he saves a girl and then makes her his secretary. In the original, he'd say it's his girlfriend, but right. in, the, in the American one, it's his it's his secretary. Brilliant. So, I mean, and that's the sort of story, isn't it? He's he basically goes around biffing. He's he he old saucer lip gets gets his comeuppance. He does. Yeah, eight man throws him out of a car. Yeah, there's still father figures in this, though, isn't there? Is Professor Genius a father figure? Is definitely a creepy father figure that yeah. picks up dead bodies off the street. Um, he also has these cigarettes that can give him extra power. That's right. They has to smoke. He has to smoke them. <laughs> he keeps them in his belt. And Professor Genius says, "If you ever run out, you just find me, and I'll give you some more." Ci-. So he's peddling cigarettes as yeah. well as picking up dead bodies off the street. I think that would work really well in a Batman film as well. If, <laughs> if in his if his utility belt he just had a packet of fags. <laughs> Superman was used in some uh, public information films. I remember reading comics when I was a kid, and they had Superman fighting a character called Nicotine. Nicotine, yeah, yeah, that's it. And the animators were uh, one of the animators went on to animate um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, brilliant. So it's not, you're right, it's not as, Eight Man is, doesn't seem to have the sort of the technical quality of Astro Boy, I don't think. No, but it changed everything in America because, like I said, I've mentioned before that the, uh, the, the animations in America were very domestic, like the Flintstones was based on the Honeymooners. Uh, they were all very kind of American families, so there was none of this action stuff. Then as soon as these Japanese animations came along, things changed. So the, the things like Johnny Quest came directly out of these influx of anime from uh, Japan. Young people in America wanted to see these action adventures. Uh, they didn't want to watch things like the Flintstones, which were about families, or Huckleberry Hound, or mm. it was like the Shonen in Jap- Japan was for a specific demographic. It was preteens, and then all of a sudden, these uh, shows came along, like Johnny Quest, which were for preteens yeah and teens. okay so it, it kind, kind of created of a new the, a new market then yeah it changed the dynamic yeah for kids who wanted to see uh distraught fathers trying yeah. to bring their <laughs> dead children back to life yeah yeah <laughs> if you have a look at the title sequence for the flintstones and then jump to the the 70s with another adult cartoon called wait till your father gets home and then you jump to the simpsons they're exactly the same okay all three of them have exactly the same format for their title sequence. Okay. So let's rate our robots for this episode then. Oh. We've got Astro Boy and we've got Eight Man. Now, Astro Boy, let's go first. What do you think I really Astro like Boy? Astro Boy. I'm not quite sure whether we can... I think what we'd have to do is we'd have to watch 
the vast majority of the outings of Astro Boy before we can really rate him. And Which, that's not going to happen. The greatest really, will in the world is not going to happen. No. I, d- I know what you mean, though, that he sort of feels a bit unrateable, as does Eight Man, really. Although I'd say that I think of the two of them, Astro Boy is better than Eight Man. Yeah, there are episodes where he's he's given the opportunity to become a boy and he doesn't want to. He likes being a robot and he mm. likes fighting for good and the environment in a lot of episodes. Okay. So are we saying then that they are unrateable? I think they're unrateable because of what came after, which is they changed the face of of animations uh, in the West. I mean, if to 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 judge them on the episode that we've seen, I'd say that I think both I'd say both of them are shit. But I think that's unfair on Astro Boy particularly because yeah. as you say that that the, the, there's a nuance that you don't necessarily see in this first episode. So my inclination is that we sort of leave the case file open on oh. on, on Astro Boy and Eight Man. Yeah. All right, lovely. Okay, so onwards cool. and upwards. Our next film that we're going to be watching is a, an absolute favourite of my childhood. I absolutely loved this film. I think that we probably, um, it was probably one of those films that was one of the first videos that we rented because obviously I wasn't a child in 1963 because I'm too beautiful. Um, but, <laughs> but this film was from 1963 and this film is Jason and the Argonauts. If I was ever anywhere in the house, and I heard the music, I knew it was Jason the Argonauts. Yeah. And I would run down and I would plant myself in front of the TV and watch it avidly. Yeah, yeah. Same. It. yeah. Well, looking forward to the rewatch this week then. So join us next time when we will be opening the book on the robots. That's right, you heard correctly. The robots of ancient Greece and Jason and the Argonauts. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>